welcome to the podcast In Progress by TravelFit. I'm your host, Chris Walker, the founder of TravelFit. I'll be taking you on a journey where I interview small business entrepreneurs to worldwide celebrities, where we hear each person's stories and how they overcame their own challenges to achieve their professional and personal goals in life. We dive into how to create a successful life through health, fitness, and developing a stronger mindset, and how travel can impact our life for the better. If you feel stuck in life, then this podcast is for you. Thanks so much for listening in to today's episode. Today's interview is with Jeffrey Morgan, health and fitness influencer, leadership mentor, nutritionist, and life coach. Jeff starts his journey early on in an area around Sydney called Redfern. He talked about his struggles and how rough it was living in Redfern and how he started stealing from a young age to then what led to robbing banks. Soon after robbing banks, he found himself serving his time. From there, he had the opportunity to learn some valuable lessons from inmates and also the struggles he had as being a parent. After losing both his parents to cancer, one brother to suicide and one to a preventable illness, he became passionate about empowering others to thrive in life through coaching people to take responsibility of their situation in life. We touch on how to change your environment, what you need to do to change your situation in life, why creating a strategy is essential to succeeding in your professional and personal life, and his favorite quote, along with some self-reflection on how far he's come and what the next years have in store for him. Thanks so much for listening in and enjoy. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. For everyone listening in, who are you and what is it that you do? My name is Jeffrey Morgan. Uh, I grew up in an area which was pretty crazy, uh, Redfern, uh, here in Sydney. Uh, very, very much a lot of struggle, struggle street. Uh, a life of crime evolved out of that, and I turned in, turned those lessons of crime into the person I am today. We do a lot around leadership. We work with everyone from people in the Department of Defence, athletes, corporates, schools, hospitals, national framework. Uh, I was a trainer nutritionist to 18, transitioned out of that. Um, brother's suicide and went down the path of mental health and wellbeing slash leadership. And we've been down that journey and that's who I currently am. I am a um, mental health and wellbeing consultant slash nutritionist, um, still qualified trainer, but uh, do a lot around um, helping people get the most out of their lives on a habit and ritual level, uh, and all based around leadership and making sure that we tap into the mental health and well-being of the individual so they're not carrying anything around. And it's a um, pretty complex explanation as to who I am, but I think it's important people get an understanding of what we do and how we do it and the depth behind it. And, you know, when I was like learning a little bit about you and, you know, getting my stalk on, (laughs) the cool thing is, it's like, you know, you've got a really cool and 
unique and inspiring story. So touching in on that, what was your upbringing like from then to say today? And how does that kind of unravel for you? Well, like I'll probably reverse engineer a bit for people so they get get a bit of gist before they, um, you know, they can hear the story behind the less the lessons behind the the story of growing up in that area. I became a bank robber um, by the end of my uh, eighteen years in custody, both juvenile justice and jail, uh, here in Sydney, down in Melbourne as well, um, all through the maximum security um, prisons within those states. Uh, and that was just a normal part of, you know, my DNA growing up in Redfern. Uh, I became a, a product of the environment, who I was around, the habits that they carried. And I learned, and hence why the conversation before, um, the habits and rituals every individual ca- carries and how we can shift those um, to be able to see what they can't see and be with everything that they do want to be. And most people in life, unfortunately, um, don't have the role modelling and our parents will always do our best by us. But if it's around business, they've never done business, there's a disconnect between both and obviously then who we surround ourselves, we become. And unfortunately for me, the area was um, toxic, uh, dr- you know, drug-fueled, alcoholic, um, a lot of struggle, a lot of stress, very, um, very much struggle street, on, struggle street on a financial level where no one had anything and everyone borrowed everything. Um, so it was all about you know, survival of the, the fittest and I became um, the best I possibly could in that environment. <laughs> Unfortunately, I look back on it, it's quite weird because everyone talks of my name in that life and in that circle of crime as somebody who did really well. But um, I always look back and say, if I served 18 years, I mustn't have done too well. And um, it was a huge journey to become, you know, I went through these habits of just breaking into a canteen eating red frogs at one point in time to a life um, of high-end crimes um, that end up, as I said, as a bank robber. And the, uh, um, nothing that I'm proud of, but I want to share that journey with people and the lessons that I learned on that journey during this conversation with yourself, Chris. And it's interesting how you start with, you know, starting with red frogs and you talk about these habits and these behaviours and shifting from building higher and higher, right? Because that's all it is, is starting with something and then, it's like anything, we're just trying to level up and you started with frogs and it went further. So like what where did that take you from say red frogs to banks, you said? Yeah, so by the end of it I was a bank robber. I served time for two bank robberies. Five years, uh, seven years with five years on the bottom, which meant I served five years um, during that period. The first one happened in nineteen ninety eight, um ninety seven, sorry, like and then the second one I was out for I got out in 2000 um, and then I was out for a period of time, probably 18 months, and I got arrested for another bank robbery down in Melbourne um, where I served seven years with 10 on the top, which meant I served for seven years for people that don't understand that um, sentence structure. If I was of good behaviour, I'd get out after seven years. If not, I'd obviously have to sit before the parole board and they'd say, hey, mate, you've been playing out, fighting, taking drugs or whatever it may be in jail. Um, staying for three months, six months, nine months, whatever they choose to do when you get out that, at that specific time. Um, I would not serve any longer than 10 years in general, but you know, I, I went from just survival mode into the habit and ritual mode. And I was still in my eyes, survival mode. Um, and you just don't realize how deep you've gotten into that whole conversation. You just think it's total normal, totally normal. Um, 
yeah. walking up at one point in time we were 16, 17 years of age, um, snatching money off bank counters at that point in time, jumping across people to reach a you know, business owners or people delivering large amounts of money and, and snatching that money and running off. Just insane behaviour. And you just go through the emotions, as you said, of levelling up each time you went out. And, the, yeah, the more money I made, the less I had to do and the less impact I had on other people. I never thought about it, to be straight out and honest. You just went out and, you know, it's your then survival. And, you know, unfortunately, people you know know that those actions. But it taught, taught me the lessons that um, we're all human beings. And if we can sit and pause for a moment, seek to understand, I know now when I look at younger kids that I interact with through juvenile justice programs that we run, um, even jails, that it's just a role model. And the people that you're around, and, you know, business, same principle. You go into any corporate field, you start out at the bottom and you're learning, you know, slowly but surely learning different habits and rituals that help you get to the top of that food chain. And that's all we did. It was just in a, a destructive manner. But once you're in survival mode, there's a huge disconnect as to what we should be doing. And that's where uh, I think having people who have lived a normal life, um, good values, morals and beliefs, can sit down with the individual and yeah, these kids and show them stuff that they've never seen, have conversations with those kids that they've never heard uh, and instill you know, great values, morals and beliefs within them because they don't have it. And we have this expectation, I always say, you're buying a Datsun, but you're expecting it to go to like the Lamborghini. It's just not going to happen. And we keep saying, oh, these kids need to stop committing crime or people need to stop taking drugs. Trauma, trauma is trauma, same thing. And, and we've got to learn to seek to understand the individual to create effective change within this world. And that change, uh, you know, we've spoken about this a lot with government and people um, recently around programs. That change means that our infrastructure, our, our you know, just um, the money can go towards the other things other than keeping people in custody, dealing with trauma, mental health and wellbeing. Um, you look at how much is spent on those three things just in itself, and it's huge. So um, for everyone out there, start to seek to understand an individual and why they are set the way they are set. But more importantly, try and impact those just through conversation. And that's all it takes, you sitting down side by side to another human being and saying, hey, I've I, I got you. And that little conversation is what changed me. Um, a lot of people didn't realise how powerful they were in my journey. Uh, it was just things they taught me that I had never seen that eventually led to the change that I um, ended up changing 12 years ago and never looked back. What were, um, you know, when you were, in that scenario of, you know, robbing banks and going down that dark, dark path, I guess you could say, what were some of the standout moments in those times that actually taught you some valuable lessons? Because it kind of, it kind of all been bad. We were all down, go down paths that actually teach us a lot of great lessons as well. AJ, what, like, what a question. To be honest, it's, you know, the leveling up you spoke about before, you, you do, you, for me, I was a very driven individual. My father made me like that as a young kid, and I uh, reflected in the sporting achievements I had as a kid. But for me, that was something that I was very driven. So everything that I did, I tried to give it my absolute all. And that, over time, I realised that it came down to the time, energy, and effort that you spent in an area 
that created an outcome for yourself. And that's for everybody out there, whether it's a business you're starting, whether it's um, the trauma you're dealing with, whether it's trying to impact or influence people within your circle, how much time, energy and effort are you going to give to that environment? Uh, and it will determine how high you fly within this life. Your attitude determines your attitude. So I always say, um, sit down, think about it, and write out those things. Now, I always call it, it's called teeing off the old TWE, time, energy, and effort, around golfing. For those that don't, you know, don't understand golf, they use a little tee, they put that in the ground, and that's how you start your journey. So time, energy, and effort, what environment am I stepping into? Is it worth it for myself? And I'm not talking on a financial level, a learn better life value um, because you know, the sun shining or something of the nature around something that is um, powerful to yourself. Being with family and friends puts a smile on your face, costs zero dollars, the same principle. What is this going to bring to yourself on an emotional level um, to create a impact that you want to feel within your life? And is it worth my time, energy, and effort? And then stepping into that space. And I think becoming a bank robber, we didn't just run in. You know, it was all the money and like crazy cowboy sort of stuff. Yeah. It was um, the last one was very well planned. Um, that's documented. And yeah, you know, I'm not here to um, promote that, but I am saying that the values behind. I was trying to make sure all the cogs in the wheel to the point where we were watched by the um, Victorian police. The the um, special squad down there, I think it's called Star at the time, I'm not too sure, can't remember, but um, to be watched by the police, we actually still robbed the bank and got away from the bank with the money is insane. So that's the level of operation. And I think if you can uh, apply and put pride into anything that you do within life, I always did that around what I um, put myself into. And organically, I never went out to become famous. Always um, sought suppression orders when we were arrested because I just didn't, that didn't interest me. It was all about survival, as I said. Um, but I always strive to do everything, little component of whatever I was about to do at, at its highest level. So whether we were using a Porsche, a BMW or M5 BM, something of that nature so we can get away quick enough. What were the streets like? Um, where were the cameras? How would, how could we enter it? Like every every little process in that journey was thought about, and I think if people do that same due diligence around the environment that you're stepping into, the time, energy, and effort you give into your space, um, you start to realise before you go into a space, you know what, this isn't worth my time, energy, and effort. I'm not willing to dedicate some of my life, which is valuable, to that space, so I'll step away from it. Or I am. What are the steps I need to take to make that happen? And, once you operate at that level, I guarantee the only thing you'll come uh, come with is success around making sure you don't hurt yourself by stepping into the wrong space and making sure you elevate into a space that you actually step into. And, you know, the thing I hear from that is like if more people, what I get from that is like if more people actually just implement more effort and energy with like more strategy, then you get the outcome that you, you're going after. And we're definitely not condoning people go rob banks, but like, you know, yeah, whatever you but, do. But in business, in personal life, you know, it can be like, for example, a lot of people and, you know, you, you I've met a lot of people in business and people who are aspiring to own a business or be better or what, whatever it may be. But the thing they always say, and it, it just comes up again and again and again, it's like, oh, I just, 
I just don't know how to get there. And then you ask the question, well, have you sat down and have you written it out? Have you looked at, thought about, have you asked yourself prompt questions? Like, have you looked at the nitty gritty of like, all right, well, I want to run, I want to be an accountant and I want to own a bank. This prime example, I guess. All right, well, I've got to become an accountant. That's, that's, that's a given. And then I've got to probably learn some stuff about business. And then I've got to um, put time and energy into studying this area. And then I've got to look at understanding how to run it. So I'll run it. And then I've got to look at branding. And then I've got to put all the little increments in place, like you've said, so that you have a plan in place that's actionable. It's going to give you back what you're actually investing back in without it being a waste of time as well. Because a lot of people will throw money at the wall or they'll do something because it's just doing something with no reason. So like having things, having things in place that are being like, I'm doing this because, and everything has a reason. A reason always brings a result. If it's done correctly, I always find. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's two things out of that. One, think about it like this. I'd rather spend two weeks doing some due diligence and probably the relationship's an easiest one. I wouldn't say just two weeks, but it could be, you know, it could be a whole year dating this person and then saying, hey, you know, actually I'm really into the person and I can see my, my life being shared with this person where a lot of relationships start in the nightclub, alcohol fueled or you know, maybe even drug fueled. And, you know, you see the girl, you see the guy, they're hot in your eyes and you step across the line and, you know, things happen next thing, the person's pregnant you don't want the kid you realize that you're into two different worlds you know they they got no drive you're driven they're taking drugs you're not you condone drugs or, or so forth just as a simple and there's so many other different sort of scenarios around that whole conversation but people then are in a position where they're stuck and yes maybe they've got a kid now that they don't um, want to be involved in and, and you know i, I mean that that wasn't their intention in that nightclub scenario. They just went, oh, I'm going to have some fun here. And both parties went out and it evolved into something well beyond what they both thought. And on the back end of that, you know, is the poor kid that sits in the middle of these two people that don't want to be in that situation. Sometimes that gets very toxic externally and, you know, um, FU and so forth, throwing sort of um, you know, verbals at one another and, trying to put that in the nicest way I possibly can. And that, that just leads down a path of destruction, whereas if we sat with a situation and said, hey, is this person, what what type of music are they into? What are, what's their life about? What, what's their passion? Where are they headed? You'll find that um, you you realise that's not my person. That's not my business. That's my, not my journey. That's not my life. Um, I don't want to put my time, energy and effort into that space uh, and that's yeah probably the simplest form for everybody to get a pure understanding of making sure that spend some time, take some time, especially around business. Um, a lot of people, I want to make money, so they go down a path and they, as you say, Chris, they drop a whole heap of money or effort into a space, and then they go, oh, actually, I'm not into that. I'm into this now. And yeah, you know, anyone that's been to uni will understand that. You might have studied to become an accountant. And then you realize during that journey, oh, this, this doesn't really interest me. Oh, I want to go into commercial law or something of that nature. Each to their own. Just make sure, um, life's precious. Uh, I think the last couple of years should have taught a lot of people how precious it is and how much time can get chewed up or spat out or what could happen to us. We just don't know. Um, you know, people are dropping 
the left right center for various reasons health reasons and that could happen to anyone of us at any point in time we just had a story where a um, family um, worked all their life they were about to retire brain tumor you know person's in hospital they never get to spend the money that they actually saved so I'm long for so be intentional in your spaces that you're sharing your time energy and effort with because life is precious and make sure you're living during that journey as well you, you, you are clearly define that um the second one on that just really quickly was that um in general people um the time energy and effort you gave give to that space but people do um unfortunately go into something and they start to put some time, energy, and effort into something, and it's okay to evolve and shift into another field. As I said, with that university degree, don't um, you still take the lessons from that journey and use those in, into the next space? So don't beat yourself up on you know I've, I've wasted time here. At that point of time, if you've done the due diligence, but you get halfway through and you realise no, it's not, then it's okay. Just take the lessons of that and use them for the rest of your life to be the best of your life. Mm. And that's like a, you know, I was talking about this probably would have been maybe three months ago now with some friends and, you know, I've worked quite a few jobs in the past when I lived in London, I worked at a, a hotel, like really famous hotel called Claridge's. Um, and I was lucky enough to like meet the queen and Will Smith and Leonard Carter Cabrio and people like that. Um, just based off like, you know, just it, like anything, I just like got better and better at like customer service, I guess you could say. And, um, you know, that was a, a great example. So I did that. I worked as a stage crew on weekends. I worked in um, support um, with people with intellectual and physical impairments as well. So I had like three to four jobs when I was in London. But the, the great thing about all these different things is I can now implement all those different skill sets into what I'm doing now. So whether it be the, the side NDIS retreat business that I created with a partner or whether it be my my retreats or events that I host, I now have that five-star service. I know how to read people quite well, and I know how to create an experience that makes people feel comfortable. And, you know, whether it's the back-end stuff of just, like, doing the nitty-gritty, making sure things are on time, things are set up right, going over the checklist. Like, these are, like, the back-end things that people don't think about, but they're actually more important than just being the face of the in, in front of the crowd <laughs> absolutely and that's yeah it, we don't do enough what first we don't do enough due diligence on what we're stepping into and then when we step into it, we which is cool right even if you step into it but be we spoke about this before this conversation be conscious of the environment you're in as well so you're going to give it time energy and effort People say, I'm going to do that. And I'll sit there and I'll stand there with them. And someone will have a conversation with yourself. Let's say we're at your retreat. You're teaching us about mindfulness or something. And they're off watching the birds, which is sort of kind of mindfulness, but we're not listening to the person on the other side right around the lessons that they could teach us. That are powerful. Maybe they've been doing that for 10 years, 20 years. Let's say it was Wim Hof and we're doing the breathwork stuff, right, as an example. And people do that. You know, off with the fairies and they go oh what how long do we hold our breath for and what are we doing out mm. and it's just the connection the consciousness to the space that you're in because that as you said then has those checklists almost to-do list within yourself to make sure that you have a real solid framework and going back to the bank robbery stuff imagine just running out of a car hoping that you know running into a bank i've got no balaclava on police are going to knock on my door in five minutes and 
Um, you know, I jump over the counter, no gloves on, I leave my fingerprints behind, all of these conversations. Um, and as we spoke about, we're not condoning um, bank robberies. It's more just the fact that I learned lessons to make sure that I operate at a really high level. And those same skill set, I now still operate at a high level, but not destructive, constructive. And that's something, you know, I can't um, tell everybody in here. Uh, enough make sure that you really are conscious of the journey you're taking what is the depth that you can go into everything don't beat yourself up and try and be perfect just get shit done as quickly as you possibly can but be very diligent and making make sure your framework's solid almost like a car you don't want one nut and bolt to be off your tire because it will start the rattle take two off and now it's really starting to rattle on the same thing and make sure all your nuts and bolts are strong within your car and you're running as smoothly and effectively as you possibly can. 100%. So going back to how conversations are so powerful, what what was the most powerful conversation that you had when you were in, in that um, time of your life that really shifted your perspective or gave you a lesson that um, you learned from? Yeah, like there's a few, I suppose, probably one of the last ones. I was I was locked up in Melbourne, in Melbourne at the time. Um, someone who was of a nature they'd never been in trouble before, had misappropriated funds, no names, no titles, because people could work out who that was. And we became really good friends, and they just started to sort of have conversations around my habits, my rituals, what were they, here's what my my intentions were, same thing. I'm going to lose weight. Jan first is about to approach here in Sydney, and I'm going to lose weight, get fit and healthy, but I didn't have the habits, nor did I have the knowledge around the space that I was stepping into. Um, I was willing to give it the time, energy and effort because uh, there was a stage, um, Chris, where my son wanted to stay with me after a visit. Um, I didn't get him to visit me much because I didn't want him to waste their life. But I also recognised I was a father and I wanted my son to see his father and get some sort of, value. I wasn't sitting there going, hey, go and rob a bank. I was trying to be really, you know, um, instill some good values and um, so that my son never went down the path that I went down. But those um, lessons that he was teaching me, everything from speech, I, I gonna, shoulda, coulda, woulda, piggy Latin conversations, swearing. Uh, I realised that yeah, he came across the ad one time and said, SJ, FJ, and he was speaking pig Latin to me, this bloke who was just an absolute corporate. And I was like, no, 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 no. And he kept going and he's like, what, mofo? And he's swearing. And I was like, no, 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 no. And he's like, that's how you're going to sound on stage to the corporates. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa. So little lessons like that through to cooking, cutting, like just simple life skills that we just didn't have. And I, I didn't realise until I started to teach other people and, you know, they'd be chopping like this as an example. And something so minor has such a major influence on people, one, wanting to cook, um, because if that becomes an hour-long process, then it becomes something that's hard. And the attachment, what's the emotion attached to an experience, I always say this to people, and if that's hard, stressful, then more than likely you step away from it. If they don't have much money and they're spending money on takeaway, then how are they going to actually live? And to survive, they're going to have to do stuff that they don't want to do, um, but they need to do because they need food within their mouth. And, yeah, um, he just taught me very, very valuable lessons. And as I said, my son 
at one stage was being let off that visit and I remember the officers sort of ushering my son out. And, you know, I, uh, I sat there and I honestly said, you know, that's your doing. It's not them ushering your son out. You did that and mm-hmm. you take ownership for that shit. And I think that was another huge um, thing you know, that was seen by someone at that point in time. And we had that conversation, you know, you've got to take ownership, man. You did that to your son. It's not, and, yeah, it was someone who was very straight up and very honest and well-respected in that world. And he goes, you, you could do this life all your life. He goes, you'll always be respected in this world and you make great money. And But look at the trade-off for what you, you've missed your son's life, your daughter's life. And that lesson was um, one of, you know, the integrity, I had good values, morals, and beliefs. My mother and father, they were both, they they weren't no you know, multi-millionaires, but they both actually worked. Mother um, was dealing with uh, the Aboriginal side of things in the, in through that stolen generation in, in Australia's dark history during that time. But um, my th- father was German-Austrian, and he, same, he did his best as a baker, and um, they instilled some great values, morals, and beliefs in me because that they're still there today. But the integrity of my own actions—that's where the disconnect was happening. Still was built inside in a good way, but the integrity of survival just saw me step across the line that I, I wasn't going to step back on because I need food tonight, Chris. I need a, a roof over my head. And by the time I got the sixteen six years of um, solid crime, and I, I didn't get locked up much then. It was, you know, um, a part of my DNA, a part of my software, normal behaviours that I thought were just totally normal. But going back to that conversation, those probably stuck out the most right at the end because that's where the shift started to change. you you got to take ownership. You did that to your son. You've done it to your daughter. You've done it to yourself, mate. And, yeah, I think you could do more. And I think that conversation from, I won't say who that was, but someone... Um, at the time involved in all the gangland sort of stuff down in Melbourne, it really resonated with me because mm. he could have said, fuck, come, you know, come and be a part of us and, mm. mate, when you're home, let's go make some money together. But his conversation was really more family-orientated and, mate, you've got more, you've got more than this life and it just really stuck with me and uh, something I'm forever grateful for. Yeah. And and so huge, hey, because it's something that you probably wouldn't have expected and it would have, like, because it was so, like, wow, I'm not expecting this at all, that would have made it even more impactful because you're like, maybe I've got it wrong. Uh, people, you know, talk about how to make money. How, you learn things in there. It's a university, right, but it's a destructive university. And to have someone step across the line in a different direction that I just didn't see coming, it, uh, um, and they pulled me up on the bullshit that I was telling myself. Mm. You know, they, and I liked that. And I, 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 I was always that person to other people. Uh, but I just enabled my own toxic bullshit behavior and lies that I lied to myself, all of that. And that took, that took so long to change. Even when I came home, that was still, I had great intentions. Um, I started to create the behaviours. I started to surround myself with different people who were teaching me better values around work ethic. And oh, not work ethic. I had a strong work ethic around just a normal lifestyle, what it looked like and how, you know, I wasn't going to impact anyone other than in a positive way. Um, 
because there's you know there's a crazy conversation in amongst the world where the conversations are about how you level up on a criminality level um and it was just a real man's conversation and yeah i think if we can do that as the world a lot of the times if we had hey chris boy you know mate you need to pull yourself up on or having a conversation to help them see the benefit and value of um, a better life for them mm. people usually take that to heart because it hits the ego right and you're like oh, what do you know like, mate I, I know what i want out of my life and your advice isn't it but we get to see or you get to see the outside perspective of my life and say hey jeff what you're telling me here doesn't match up with what's happening here and here's my advice because i went through it or i'm i've got you know the guidance expertise education knowledge, lived experience, whatever it may be, to add that value to the light in your life, all you need to do is listen and learn and then implement it into your life and watch yourself go to a whole new level. And um, that, yeah, it, it comes down to being willing and able to pause yourself in that moment, not let your ego speak for yourself, um, let your um, spirit inside yourself listen to what the personal value within your life and the education behind the words that come out of their mouth influence the positive person that you can become within your own life and organically influence other people without even saying one word and that's what i did in the criminal world destructively until i chose to you know flip that and um, bring that into the world constructively and, and that's you know i don't have to say much just actions create reactions hundred percent. And so interesting, just like listening in to say you've had one experience that was different that you weren't expecting that kind of stopped you from doing that, that autopilot, like unconscious behaviors, habits, beliefs into going into the next thing, which is changing your environment, how you're acting, what you believe in, what you're saying that then even goes a little bit further into you then changing that like identity of who you you were identifying I'm this person I rub banks to now no I believe in health and fitness and you know shifting people's perspectives changing my own side leading from example and you know allowing people to grow it's a it's a I'll, I'll, and I'll give you the greatest example it's a dangerous world the criminal world right so when you step away and say I'm going to change my life People say, oh, maybe he's a police informer. Maybe, oh, I, I reckon he's, you know, watch out. I wasn't talking to anyone, so I, and I never did it even before that. But people would start to have those conversations. So it was very dangerous for me, right? But I kept going down that path, and I got smashed with every, yeah, uh, he's too good for us. Uh, he's, he's working with the police. Uh, um, all of the above, right? And I just took it with a grain of salt and I kept working because I was already strong enough on a mental level to handle um, people's thoughts about myself. It would happen all during that lifestyle anyway. Um, very toxic environment. And I recognised I had to get out of that environment. So 91 Redfern, Everly Street Redfern is at its peak. We're in the newspaper. We're running rides with police. We're burning police cars. We're like, And I don't condone this, but I want people to understand the depth of this excuse me, this story that I'm talking about. You got this young kid running in battles, um, part of Beverly Street growing up. And it, you, you've got to recognise, hey, I want more out of it. And at some point I did. And when I stepped away, everyone, as I said, smashed you, smashed me. And people will smash yourself. But it's the environment, as you spoke about, that you're in. 
and we've got great intent, you know, let's, I'll take it back to personal training. I want to lose weight, but you're hanging around everyone that goes and eats takeaway every night, whatever fast food um, supplies you sort of go into and, and ordering those, you know, the happy meals or whatever it may be for yourself. Um, and then saying, oh, I don't know, I'm you know, unable to lose this weight. And it's because we're in an environment that uh, just become that person. And I've learned even in business now, when I'm surrounding myself, constantly leveling up the conversations you have, similar to those that we had within the, the prison yards, all about leveling up based around the people that you're around. And if people see that, the conversations we're having right now is, hey, would you like to invest with us or we'll go in together and invest in something because they know that financially we're secure in that sense. It's it's a different world and a different conversation. So don't get my biggest advice around that little combo we'll talk about. Removing yourself from an environment doesn't mean you have to stop talking to those people. So I'll say hello. I did something with Vinny's the other night to give back, hand out food, hand out some presents. Um, and we end up in my old areas, Waterloo and Surrey Hills, and you know, everyone recognised, hey, Jeff's here. And we'd have, I was happy to have conversations with those people in hope. That, and being able to understand what level they're at and what they're going to understand and not taking, hey, mate, you can open a business and make plenty of money. It's just going to go straight over their head. What is one habit you can change today to be a better tomorrow as an example? And that's what I'd ask everybody out there. What is one habit in the current environment you're in that you could change to create a positive outcome for not only yourself, because um, here's the lesson behind that whole conversation. I moved out in 91. Everyone ran me down. Many years later, people you know, come back to me, hey, Jeff, because you all got off the ice, because you I'm seeing my kids, because you I stopped um, being in a domestic violence relationship, because you I valued myself and I removed myself from that environment and I've gone back to jive and hit somebody or something of that nature. That's powerful in itself. And, you know, years later, same principles apply in a business sense where the same steps that I'm taking without telling everybody, hey, you need to come with me. They just go, hey, Jeff, how, how, you know, what's that look like? What would be the first step that I need to take? And then sharing that with the person that actually wants to come into the conversation. But that all starts from your action to create their reaction to come into the conversation. So, um, And anyone can be a leader. It just takes you taking a step towards a different direction that you've never seen before and listening and learning from those in front of yourself. And it, it's so interesting like especially when you talk about like people coming up to you um, after and being like, I did this because of you. Like you, a lot of people just don't realize like the impact that you have on their life. Like I had a friend who went back to his hometown, um, spend some time there because um, he's just about to do some stuff around Australia and whatnot. And um, anyway, we were talking and he was like, oh, like, you know, there's so many people who want to catch up and they want to talk and, you know, I'm just not interested. And I'm like, well, maybe you should be interested. Maybe there's a conversation. Maybe they're going to praise you. Maybe they are seeking advice and you're the change that they're, they're looking to aspire to it. Not everything has to be like it was back in the day. Everything can change, but I think a lot of people do, you know, they think, oh, I'm, I'm leaving people behind. So I can't ever talk to them again. Like you said, you still talk to them. <laughs> you don't have to like cut them off. <laughs> the craziest thing out of all of that too 
some of the prison conversations, like oh, this is an easier one for people to understand. And there was someone that would be on hard drugs, heroin as an example. But we'd sit down and I'd just say, like, you know, what got you there? And I'd have a conversation without saying, hey, you should give up drugs because they'd be like, shut up, Jeff, get out, of, you know, get out of my face. But like back then, they'd say, hey, um, so what what did you get locked up for? I broke into a factory. How did you do that? No, oh, I turned the arm off. What? Turn what off? You did what? And that conversation from somebody that you least expected it from, this person, and, you know, they want the heroin, so they've learned as much as they can. And the same thing in life, we judge a book by its cover and say, oh, this person wouldn't know anything. Look at some of the richest people in the world. They don't care about wearing brand clothing. Um, they care about the actions um, that take you know, the uh, and the education behind those actions. What does that look like? And that's, you know, being that person that you spoke about, sitting down with people and just saying, you know, you just never know. Because I sit there and go, wow, you just taught me something. And they're like, what did I teach you? And that's that conversation you spoke about. People don't realise the value of the information that we carry. And sometimes, you know, someone's grabbed that and they've turned it into a business. Um, that's been hugely successful just through a conversation. Hey, that's a great idea. We should turn that into a business and off they go. And, you know, some of those businesses have been ultra successful um, just from a conversation. Facebook, you know, as, as one example, and every person that stepped into rooms are doing it. And everyone that didn't take the opportunity, um, you know, battled it out in court and ended up on zero dollars. So that's just a huge conversation in itself. Don't discount an opportunity or conversation because conversation is powerful and the words that someone carries is the experiences of their life to help you step into the emotions that you want and away from the emotions that you don't want. And that's how I said I operate. What emotions do I want? What, what don't I want? Is yeah. it worth my time, energy and effort then to put into that space? Yes, it is. And I've done the due diligence. Now I'm going to take those steps. Um, and our business, going back to the previous um, questions, you know, our business has evolved so much from PT, nutritionists, adding the nutrition component, brother, sister committing suicide into mental health, then people reaching out leadership, then people saying, hey, you know, you know, juvenile justice, corrections, what are the habits and rituals? comes down to your mindset. So don't be afraid, as, as you've spoken about, of learning these skills that you can adapt to this one little funnel that you end up um, putting yourself into because um, every conversation can be a powerful one if you are conscious and you're listening and learning something my grandmother taught me and, uh, and also done probably 18 years earlier, Christy. Yeah. <laughs> it would have saved me a lot of um, <laughs> lessons. I won't say hardship. I'd say lessons of life because even then I, I didn't waste my life. I just learned lessons of life. Mm. And I'm a big believer that everyone's on like different levels as you go through, go through. And the more experience you get with connecting with people, um, failures or lessons or whatever it is, is like just more experience points, more you get, the higher level goes, you know, the quicker you do it, the more experience you get, the quicker your levels go, but not, um, you know, dwelling on like, oh, Susan or Barry, they're like really successful. And why aren't I successful? And all these comparisons, because I'm a big believer in like, you know, there's a quote I love, which is like comparisons, the theft of joy, because it always Absolutely. like takes you, takes you away from like where you should be, which is like obviously in the present, present moment. Um, and it's 
with technology today, it's a huge thing because we've got so much at our fingertips, which is one great opportunities. We've got Google, YouTube, all this endless amount of content. But also, you know, you've got this other thing, which is sucking the dopamine out of your life every day, every time you scroll on TikTok and, and whatnot. So understanding how to, one, create that discipline in your own life, I think is so important. So you can be like, what's feeding my battery and what's taking it away? Absolutely. It's so huge too. I, I've got a saying around, um, yeah, every people will charge their phone more than they charge themselves. And, yeah. You'll charge it for eight hours overnight. People won't put in eight hours worth of time, energy, and effort into themselves. And whether it's in your workspace, the consciousness in and around that, um, it, it's just uh, it blows me away every single day. But it doesn't as well. And I always say that comparison uh, in general, it, it is the biggest breather um, of heartache, pain, suffering for any single person on this planet. Just be better than yourself um, from the day before. One little step. I've got a golden rule. Try and learn one new thing every single day uh, that you go out into this beautiful thing we call life. So whether it's a word, whether it's a podcast you listen to, how the brain operates, whether it's a business, um, you know, maybe you just write out your business name today. Write out three business names, send them to five of your closest people that you hold value to and say, well, three, two, one on these business names, bang. That's the start to your journey, and um, be proud of that journey as well. Like celebrate those little wins because they're all steps or stepping stones into the emotions that you do want. But we do, you know. Unfortunately, we sit there a lot of people in this day and age, and they scroll and scroll. The average I read a study the other day: two and a half. Uh, sorry, like three and a half hours per day. It blew me away. I was like, no way. So I had a. I went back and looked at mine, and I had a little golden um, thing where I tried to. Um, get down to really close to zero, jump on, post, yep. right back as quickly as I can to everybody and then jump off because, yeah, it's easy to get caught up scrolling. And, and, and you know, I went, to, I got to the point after reading that study, I created another socials um, and that's more private sort of one I'll post on there, but it's purely around people of high value towards the direction that I want to head in life. And I'd say to anybody, have the same, create another one. And if you're going to jump on, jump onto that component, because we do, we live in other people's lives more than we live in our own. Let that sink in. Three and a half hours towards their life, I guarantee, I reckon 98% of people wouldn't put three and a half hours into their own lives. Um, but yeah, and when I say that, I'm talking about you, if you're working for somebody else, you're not working on your own business, you know, most people are going out and putting more hours into other people's goals, dreams, aspirations, hard work into those, uh, that journey than they are themselves. Um, yeah, start to flip it. Your mentality creates a better reality when you recognize and you're conscious around every decision you make around the time, energy, and effort you put into that space that you step into. Can't, I can't tell you that enough. Um, step away from comparison, man. That's a killer. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Like when you think, because I don't, I, I'm not too sure what the minimum wage is at the moment. I know it changes. I think it's every year. Um, but like, let's say the minimum wage is twenty two dollars fifty or something like that. Yeah. And let's just say, you know, that you don't value your time. That might be like, okay, that's a fair exchange. But yeah. what about if, you know, you actually realize that your time was worth hundred dollars an hour 
So you're Absolutely. never behind three hours or more of time. And then imagine, for example, you know, here's a great example. A friend of mine started a, a business the other day and it was um, spraying down uh, cement and he charges a thousand dollars per per thing, and yeah. it can take anywhere between you know an an hour or two or three, depending. Wow. But you know that's a thousand dollars per per carport or whatever it is. Yep. And he does say, let's say four in a day, there's four grand, and then he does that, you know, four, three, whatever it is. You, he he realizes the value of what he's doing. He's solving a problem, and he realizes that it's something that's super efficient and it gives him the life he wants. So like in my eyes, you can create anything you want realistically, as long as it solves a problem. And as long as it's actually going to give you like the, the, the lifestyle you want as well. And people get caught up in the, um, the dream of being an entrepreneur and all this. And it's just like, shut up, like, (laughs) like, like wake up. Like it's, it's, it's hard work. Like just because Absolutely. you see shit on Instagram doesn't mean it's like the dream life. You, you're, you're invested in the dream, but you're not invested in the process. And if you're never going through the process and enjoying it, you're not going to make it. And like that's just brutally the truth. <laughs> story. Oh, yeah. one thing we do, we ask people. One of the first things we do with our cut the bullshit program is, mm. what is your perfect life look like? Mm. And we get them to reverse engineer it. So is it to travel more? Are you sitting by the pool? My missus was just out at the pool, you know, love and life. She went out, I don't know what time. I, I was in doing some work. Um, and vice versa, there's days where, you know, but I've we've created, we reverse engineered it. So we said, here's what the life we want to live. Uh, how much time, energy and effort do we have to put into this space to create that? How many clients would you need? Similar to what your mate you've just spoken about. And you look at him now, say he wanted to do, he even did five in one day and made five grand at the start of the week and he could take six days off. Um, and that's what I want people through this conversation to understand. What could you do? What value or what solution could you bring to a um, environment? And then what is that value to the end user and making sure how many people would you need to create the life that you want? Is it to go and watch the sun come up in the morning and evening, take your dog for a walk during that time, not rush back at time, sit down, have your coffee, come back, do some work in between. And it's a powerful, I just looked up while we we're having that conversation, $21.38 per hour is the minimum wage in Australia. Yeah. yeah. Man. The national minimum wage is $812. I seen a stat the other day, the living cost, and this was the last one that was accessible by the ABS, and I can't remember what year. I'm going to have to go back and look at it. But it was 650 living costs. I can guarantee that's uh, like that was, I think it was a couple of years back. That's, you know, it'd be like a thousand. You look at that minimum wage versus a thousand to lips for some people. Literally, it's insane. And, uh, you know, be conscious because. As you spoke about, so much opportunity, but we're putting three and a half hours into just scrolling through, oh, what's Chris doing, what's Jeff doing? If we add value to your life, grab it and use it for your life to be enhanced and add to that perfect life that you want to live. So is it around, you know, just talking about habits that you've got, me talking around um, the the leadership qualities of of a situation or, or nutrition, whatever it may be from that individual, Jump in, grab it, grasp it, start to practice it yourself. Um, don't beat up on yourself. Do that slowly but surely. I always try and do one thing until I master that. Then I'll take on a new habit and ritual rather than 
try and grasp 14,000 things. Um, you know, every day I could jump on and listen to Joe Rogan versus the next day be with Huberman, the next day versus you know, these people that are high value, but I have to make sure I'm master. Huberman's talking about the brain. What did I learn? How did I perceive it? How can I then pass that on so someone gets value from it? And then when I've got that in place, then I'll be uh, conscious to step into the next place. And if I do listen to another podcast the next day and I still haven't mastered this, I'll, I'll do something that's more a motivational type thing or something of that nature. Um, and there might be a simple a bunch of lessons um, that I can apply, but make sure that you're just patient in the journey. And that's where everybody out there, life's a journey, it's a marathon. Um, learn as much as you can, as quick as you can, but be patient on the journey. Celebrate every single success because you know, we just don't, we go through life and we, we disconnect. And like me, you disconnect with patience. You're very destructive for yourself at the moment until I became conscious, seeing my kid dragged off at a visit, not dragged off, sort of ushered off, I should say. And, and then at that point in time, I hit what I needed to hit, the emotions with inside myself as a human. Do the same for yourself and you'll find um, more value going into 2023 and a better life on the back end of it. What's um, three pieces of advice you'd give someone who wants to change their life and, um, you know, start a business or start to pursue that dream, their own dream life? Yeah, the first one would definitely find what you're passionate about because uh, my missus is into fashion, loves clothing and so forth. And I said, mate, create an Etsy store. And this is for anybody out there. It doesn't cost much to start an Etsy store. Um, there's a lot of videos out there as an example. But she found the passion. I'll come back. She's designing these shirts, these clothes, putting it on the store. And uh, that creates a passive income for us. So when you're sleeping, you wake up, someone's bought, purchased. One thing, that's a great little start for yourself. Be passionate about it. Two, um, learn from those of experience in front of yourself. Don't. Think of it as a cost. Every time, whether it's me and I know that you probably get the same thing, how much does it cost? If you have the mentality that it costs you something, the only thing it costs you is the time, energy, and effort you're going to spit, spit into that environment. It's an investment. Chris mm. is sharing it, I'm sharing it. Anyone that you step into that space with, they're going to share their knowledge. And the idea is they compress you know, X amount of years into this much time. And they give you it as a gift to then accelerate your um, outcomes and, and values of your life. Um, the last one, um, be uh, a person of your word. Your word is your bond. Integrity is everything in business. If you smash yourself once, um, it, you know, it has a huge reflection on what how people see it. And even more so in this space and day and age because there's so much technology. People come in and write a one-star review and say, mate, they just took my money and he didn't care about my mental health he actually put more stress onto me as an example um that's not and you know that's not going to help your business but on the back end of that that's not just how you want to operate you want to be a person of your word one for yourself because everything you do in that space around your business will reflect in your life as well and if you know um, your integrity is down the emotions that you will feel because you know that you're not living up to your best self um you start, you start to disbelieve yourself to a point where your business or your life or anything within that will start to suffer because you've just, in, excuse the term, spoken shit to yourself. And basically at the end of that conversation, that means that um, you're not going to feel good. You know, if, you, if I lied to you, uh, you wouldn't like it as an individual. 
But when we lie to ourselves every single day, we get into that position we've spoken about where we're so numb, we just it becomes a part of our DNA. You ever been around someone that does it? And you're like, are they real? Are they really saying that? that? Do they remember I was actually in that? And, they, and they're telling a story. I'm like, that's bullshit. And I'm like, wait, that never happened. And they're like, oh, yeah, but... And then I try and twist the story. The emotions behind trying to live up to that why and, and you know, a person that's not of integrity or your word, um, it's just crazy. And that will damage your business tenfold. Just really quickly, it doesn't matter what you've done in your life, um, whether you're a bank robber, you know, domestic, I shouldn't say this, in a bat, I, I don't support any of this behavior. Domestic violence, um, you know, toxic behaviors, um, being through abuse, whatever it may be, you can draw a line in the sand right there, right then, and be a better person from that point on. I'm not saying that what you did is right. I'm just saying let's um, be better humans by learning from that experience so that integrity, because we do, people that have made bad decisions in life, maybe you've cheated on your partner, your business failed, and we beat ourselves up forever on it, draw the line in the sand and say, I'm going from that destructive human being. How can I be better and be constructive and positive and proactive and productive around a better um, way of life? And, you know, people will still judge you. Oh, just a bank robber. That's on them. Right? That was me 12 years ago. I'm not even the last one was 203. 19 years ago. They want to judge you on that. That's on them. Um, I know who I am and I'm going to live in that um, environment. And I've stepped across the line and I'll never look back. I can't even, I can't even think about that life anymore. I don't even want to contemplate it or, you know, the only time I'm talking about it is in podcasts. And I do it so hopefully people learn lessons to live that better life. But put a line in the sand, you cheated on your wife, your marriage didn't work. What's the next relationship? You learn why did you do it? What was there? What was lacking for yourself? You obviously didn't feel great about yourself and you went out and sought validation from somebody else to make you feel good. Make yourself feel good first and then step into that environment where, um, you know, you're strong enough to say no to temptation because, you know, then the integrity of yourself um, will be better for it. So I sort of digressed a bit there, but... So fun. What would you say to yourself um, from the person you are today to the person who you were uh, 19 years ago? Wow. be proud I'd say be proud um, and, and this is you know probably that whole conversation I just had be proud man you know you we all learn lessons of life we've all been in positions sometimes where we don't want to be whether it's around business um, you know your academics you, you're not showing up for yourself during your exams or studies and so forth I'll, I'll talk on a more more of a positive level um, or, you know, telling your family that you're going to show up to a family barbecue and not show up. Um, I'd say to myself, you know, be proud of the person you become and be proud that you were able to identify those lessons and know that um, if I, you know, spoke to that little kid, um, what it, learn as many lessons as you can within life. Everything's a lesson. I'm telling you, you can sit there and you can consciously think about I say to people, what's the lesson ever? And they go, they go, oh, I don't know. What, what are you talking about? And I'm like, what just happened now? And they're like, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, there's a lesson, one word. And they're like, no, I, I'm lost. 
because we do, we just get caught up in the grind of life, wake up, get ready for work, get the kids ready for work, maybe go to the gym, go to work, come home, cook, you know, and that, that's it. Friday's here, yay. You know, do some flexibility over the weekend. Oh, shit, I better get ready for work. And that's your life for 80 years. So you become, um, you know, on the hamster wheel, you just, you, you get, you, we get caught up in not sitting there and going, what can I learn from that lesson? And that's what I'd say to that young kid. What are the lessons that you've learned? You're learning some to make you the best version of yourself. Um, and what does um, what does respect really look like? How would you like me to treat your mother or grandmother? I want you to treat everybody else and every other human like that because, um, you know, as men, we especially growing up, we respect our grandmother and our mothers, um, or those of value that don't have that luxury of having their mother or grandmother there. Um, Whoever's valuable to yourself, treat every single human that way and, and we'll live a better world. And the best race on this planet is the human race when we all get on with one another. So um, it's, yeah, that's what I'd probably say to myself because then I would have stopped a lot of those actions. Um, it's just hard. Like you look back and, you know, you open the fridge up on a Friday and when my parents got paid and dad was a gambler, mum sort of was dealing with, the whole, you know, stolen generation slash um, just Australia's history where at, when she grew up, you know, they were on that side of the bus. These They were on that side of the And I, I don't say, um, I don't even get in the colour thing because as I said, humans are humans. Um, you're on that side of the pool, you're on that side of the It's just disgusting and that we treated humans. And as I said, I'm not here to talk about race or anything um, in that fashion. And I think if we can... Um, look back and say, you know, say the same, treat every human um, with respect, kindness, love and empathy um, is something that my mother taught me, my grandmother taught me and made me repeat relent, uh, relentlessly every time I walked in the door or walked out the door. Um, the world will be a better place, man, and we can all be a part of that journey. You're all leaders. It just takes you to speak out. I think that's something huge too, Chris. I've noticed a lot of the world doesn't speak up when we know what's right is, is right. And, you know, whether it's around race, religion, whatever it may be, how you treat humans. I'm not here to argue about religion and who's right and what roads exist. I'm talking about just how we treat one another as human beings. Um, we know what's right. We know what's wrong. And um, too many times we'll sit back, you know, in a situation that could save or change somebody's life in, in, by us stepping in or saying something or or seeking to understand so we can create better role modeling around that individual in that space. And domestic violence is a huge one around that. I always say to people, because we do we say, oh, that person hits that person. The person's parents probably did it, and I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying, but what could we do to say, sit down and say, hey, John, Jeff, whoever it is, right, Mary, um, that behavior isn't acceptable. And how do you feel after it and get them to step into the emotion? So how can we help you see things or deal with things when you're that stressed out? Um, oh, I don't know how to deal with it. That's what they're going to tell you because they don't know how to deal with it. So they lash out. What if you were to walk around the block and listen? What type of music calms you down? What if you were to walk around the block, go for an hour walk and come back and have that conversation? Would that change things? If you're drunk and you can't handle your drink, maybe it's something that you should give up. Or you should drink in a space where you're not going to see your partner and then that reflects on them. And that's just more solution-based um, uh, mindset. And as I said, I don't condone 
um, domestic violence to make that perfectly clear. But let's help these individuals see something different that they've never seen because people are being lost to that journey in itself, let alone crime and everything else. Um, and all it takes is us stepping into a space to have a conversation with the person and saying, hey, we can be better. Um, and I, I, you know, I'll, I'll hold your hand as long as you're willing to step across and be better from this point onwards. Um, and that could just save somebody's life. That's a very important one. It's less judgment, more um, understanding, and a better world will be on the back end of that conversation. Yeah, that's huge. And it's such a big perspective shift for a lot of people. Because, you know, I, a few years ago, well, 2015, I um, created an event and I do this online every year. It's called Do a Good Deed Challenge. It's all based around doing a good deed for someone. And I got 30,000 people involved in the first year. But the thing about it was it was just based on simple things like holding the door, smiling at someone, uh, really yeah. asking someone if they're actually okay, you know, like really genuinely asking someone. And, you know, I had people from like Africa to Europe to all over the place doing yeah. these things and um, posting about it in the event. And it just, that showed me the true power of like being really genuine with people and never judging people and realizing that everyone's living their own story and they're all just trying to get through. So like, you know, the more connection we create, like the the bigger impact as well. Man, like some of the stories, our Cut the Bullshit program is around ownership um, and going back to what we're speaking about, whether it's, you know, and some of those people have been through so much trauma, man. Uh, like I even homeless people I'd go past giving money, but did it create change? So what I did is uh, I got jobs lined up, I got all this process so that person could step in and actually change their life. And you know, sitting down with some of those, I seen one um, on social media where they sat down and the bloke's um, wife had died, and then the kid had died from the bacteria, both really suddenly. They were the house and so forth were in their names. He had a bad history or something. The family didn't like him and now he was on the streets and it was that that quick. And then, you know, I said, oh, I'm, you know, I've got to be different. I, I want to be different in this world. And simple gestures, man. And just I paused for five seconds and had this conversation with this bloke. And so many times this has happened, I always say to people, reach out to me. And, you know, even during this, if anyone is going through a hard time, reach out, have the conversation, but I'll give you one solution and you need to apply that solution before we have the next conversation. I'm not going to keep going around the one solution. But in general, so many times, uh, you know, a simple text to somebody because I just felt the vibe, the energy. And they said, if you hadn't texted me, I was going to do something bad to myself. And that's how deep this conversation is and losing a brother sister to suicide please to anybody out there um you know a simple text a simple smile walk past people like what the world's crazy at the moment i don't get it you walk past people and it's like you know i I feel like the person next to me owes me forty thousand dollars and (laughs) has been avoiding me for the last 10 years but like walk past smile hey how are you like we do it in sydney me and the missus she's got the same energy yeah. And people do, they look at you like, what? I don't feel you. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm a human. You're a human. Yeah. How are you, man? Yeah. Like, as you said, 30,000 people jumped on board and it's, it, so many people are disconnected. So many people are stressed. 
mortgage mortgages you know the interest rates are going through the roof people are really struggling and that little one thing could just save somebody's life um you know that that we don't realize and um that's you know one context of it and it's like anything it's like you get a um yeah a block of lego and you put it on top it's positive 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 and all of a sudden by the end of the day you write a feeling and energy feeling surrounding um the surrounding nature of everyone's aura and, and emotions towards yourself that you feel that it becomes infectious for yourself so my message to the world out there be, be that person smile say hello to people and uh, and start to sort of you know just put a good energy out to the world um don't judge people even if they're homeless um people that have gone through struggle people that have um, made bad choices um, it doesn't fix that person by isolating them. And as I said, at that point in time, if we isolate them, this is how deep this convo is, that person can take the actions again in another environment. And that environment might involve a family member of yours um, that no longer you know, gets to stay on this planet. And that's how deep that conversation is. And, or somebody else's family, right? So, And it could be just sitting down and saying, hey, draw the line in the sand, man. You can be better. All right, you grew up in Redfern and your values are of that nature. Here's what good values. And a lot of those times, you know, Johnny Lewis used to be one of Australia's greatest boxing trainers. Um, he wouldn't even know. His influence to us as you know, kids that hung around Newtown at that time when Jeff Fennick was world champion um, was huge. Just how he spoke, how he conducted himself. We were little rat bags, but he'd always talk to us with respect and, you know, take on people like those you don't realise the influence you could have on somebody that doesn't know how to be the person that you are. And that role modelling isn't about saying, hey, this is what you need to do, but here's how I conduct myself. But even in my speech, the tone of my voice, um, the vibe, the energy, the aura I bring to that space, the knowledge around that conversation, um, and it could change or save a life or influence one to be a better life or better person in this beautiful thing we call um, Earth. So... Um, and, you know, we all can play that role. It just means those little incremental smiles, hellos, um, you know, gestures. Even to your own partner um, can make them feel special or valuable within this world, and that's priceless. 100%. And it's, um, you know, it's crazy. Like, especially, like, you see it a lot. A lot of the time people will... Um, forget to do that to the, the closest people around them, but they'll do it to a stranger as well. It's like everyone, treat everyone with the same respect, the same dignity, give back. For, you know, for yourself right now, I always like to do this every now and again. Like if you have to like, let, we'll do it. We'll close your eyes for a second. And yeah. what I want you to do is I want you to imagine that your younger self standing in front of you right now. And I want you to imagine how they'd feel. What 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 is that feeling that comes through? They've seen everything that you've like achieved and done, and maybe you feel free. Yeah, no, very happy. Um, more so because my parents, um, yeah, as I said, they had good values, they had good morals, they had good work ethics, and um, but just thinking back to it, hey, it, it is emotional because. Yeah, they had great intent for me as a kid. They really did. Um, my father used to travel. I was really good at soccer. Um, 
and you know to travel so far to get me to these representative teams as a kid and um they just had bad habits gambling and drinking and, and you know from the struggle and survival of their own life and you know dad I look back on it with that as an example. He's, he, I feel he was gambling to try and get ahead and he was causing himself more stress. But like looking back on it, that young kid would be so happy because my parents, when um, you know, when I went through that lifestyle, unfortunately, they both passed away when I was in jail. Um, but mother passed away in uh, 2000. I was in Sydney um, jail at the time, Silverwater. Um, the Olympics were on. She passed away from a big fight with cancer, unfortunately, and then my father passed away. Um, I had about three months to go on my seven-year sentence in Melbourne in 2009-10. I think I got out mid-10, so it would have been 2010, three months before I got out. And, you know, um, that kid would be proud and happy that um, I, I became everything that they taught me. And they never saw, I came home and I had a TV show within, a, I think it was about a year, 18 months of me coming home. And, you know, and my life had changed. Someone said to me the other day, Morgz, you didn't 360, you 720'd it, man. You smashed it. And um, that kid would smile, they would cry because, you know, my parents never got to see me come good. Christmas, so, um, uh, yeah. The spirit of that kid lives on, and my parents, um, you know, wherever they are in this world, uh, hopefully are looking down and, you know, um, proud of that little kid that became a man by taking ownership, uh, being accountable, pulling myself up on the shit I spoke to myself and enabled toxic, destructive um, um, behaviours that Im impacted other people, humans um, in this life. and. And that kid would be very proud of who I've become, man. And even more so proud that my parents can be proud of, you know, they can say he was a good egg in the end and yeah, just, yeah, man, get out there and um, look back. It's a great, great little uh, question that you've asked. And, uh, yeah, it's probably one of the first times I've ever done it where I did myself in the little kid's shoes and I was lost. I had a, yeah, I grew on Redmond Street, Redmond now that I, at 10 years of age, my parents are saying, who do you want to live with? And I'm like, I want to live with both of you. And, and so that kid was um, traumatised. Um, yeah, I think my parents were trying to influence me with their various morals and beliefs, but I didn't know the right way to life and just got lost, man. And um, that kid would be proud of um, who I am today, man, that kid would be proud that um, my parents can look back and say the values that we taught him live within him. My grandmother taught me something. Your spirit will forever walk this planet when you take on the knowledge of someone of value to yourself and forever share that with everybody. I've shared that today with yourself and everybody that watches this podcast. Um, you can do the same thing, and I think you know, that kid would be proud to have taken my grandmother's, my mother's, um, everyone that's been in life, I want to say thank you to them. You know, uh, there's been so many that Johnny Rules never trained me, never but had huge influence as one example. So everyone who indirectly influenced me, um, big shout out to them as well. Wow, this young kid's a happy young kid who became a man. And I'm grateful for that journey. That's epic. And no doubt, like your parents would be proud and, you know, it's, 
it's super amazing just to kind of see that journey from like the start to the end, like, well, not even the end, but like just now, like, it's crazy. I've got fucking goosebumps, <laughs> but just like how like inspiring it is. And it, it's super amazing to kind of hear that story as well. But the last question, it's kind of like, like speed questions. Yeah, so, <laughs> bit of fun. Same so, yeah. Do I have to <laughs> <laughs> so and that got me emotional. Eh? It, it's just yeah, it was um, it's good. And yeah, just don't let don't let your choices define the rest of your life. That mm. was the lesson out of that conversation I just had with um, yourself. And this is for everyone. I always try and what is the lesson out of each thing, and it just makes you so abundant in solutions that you never step back into the pain of that young kid that I just spoke about. And always focus on the happier, healthier, calmer, most successful version of yourself in the, in the conversation. Um, so thanks for asking it, man. It means a lot. My pleasure. Um, so time for your game show, mate. Are you ready for the game show? <laughs> <laughs> so um, they're just three questions and you get to answer them as quick as you can. First, yeah. is best piece of advice you've ever been told? Uh... I'd say it was um, the advice of only take what you need um, from our people as a culture, Aboriginal people. Um, it, it's something that, um, you know, we just take more than we need more often than not. And I'm not just talking physical form. I'm talking about really writing people and damaging people, um, including my own journey. Uh, but in general, just take what you need. And that means that um, be humble by what you have and not what you you know, wish for, um, as you said, strong for everybody else's life. Live your own, define it, live it every single day. Write out what your perfect life looks like, reverse engineer it, and create that as much as you possibly can. Epic. Worst advice you've ever been told? <laughs> uh, come rob a bank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably, probably, yeah. Uh, Epic. Uh, That's a good one. That's a good response. Um, uh, What's your favourite memory? Um, my parents. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so many. We do. We get caught up in all oh, my parents' are shit and why, you know, they let me down and all that. And I probably beat myself up for a long time, and most of us do, but I learned a lesson and I'll pass this and share this to everyone. Um, you know, they'll do their best with what they got, and we'll judge them on what they didn't give us but they just never had it to give to us. And that's, you know, that's a huge lesson. Don't expect a Datsun or a person of, you know, I don't know how to put this, um, if you've got one cup full, you're expecting 10 cups to be full. It's just not going to happen. You you go to preschool, you, you're expecting a university degree on a PhD on conversation on the end of it. You're crazy. We have to understand the environments that we're in. And my parents did their absolute best with what they had. Yet I beat up for so long saying, oh, they were shit. And, you know, what they dished out to me, if them and all, you know, the rest of the world suffered for it. When I sat down and take, took account of it and looked back and said, fuck, they gave me more than they had. Everything, they gave it all their best. And of what they had, you know, you know I was expecting what they didn't have. And that's a huge understanding for the world. Everyone's always... Everyone's are always doing the best that they can with like the the tools that they have is like such a big thing, I believe. You know, um, 
What's your fav- most impactful and favourite quote? Um, your mentality will create a better reality. Oh, good one. Um, or I've got, I've got a bunch, but um, uh, excuses that announce I built the house of failure. Mm. And last, last question, um, which you can take a bit more time for, is where do you want to see yourself in the next five years? Uh, next five years, to be honest, we have a goal that will happen next year um, where we never, ever see winter unless we choose to do so. So partner loves the sun. I love the sun. Yeah. Um, we'll end up very wrinkly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll put on um, sunscreen even though I'm, um, I've got darker skin. In general, uh, we want to see ourselves there because that means that we've impacted and changed so many lives to be able to live that way. Um, and as I said, we put it down the field of the passion that we went down. Um, I was passionate about changing, saving lives. Even as a trainer and nutritionist, then the suicides come into play. Mother had cancer, father had cancer, brother had preventable health issue, Aboriginal communities life expectancy totally different quality of life in the late years that we're living totally different so five years from now definitely living that life because on the back end of that means that we're impacting thousands upon thousands upon people and that that's the ideal we want to give back as much as we possibly can and help people become the best versions of themselves and not beat up on who we are the choices we've made Living the trauma, the stress, the heartache, the pain, PTSD or whatever it may be, even your choices within life. Draw the line in sand, change, and um, as I said, we'll live that life um, with some huge impact and influence around the mental health, leadership, um, habits and rituals, uh, healthy lifestyle practices sort of arena and just you know, be able to really create some national framework around that. That would be huge as well, whether it's young kids in juvenile justice centres, people living healthier lifestyles in hospitals, uh, or before they, you know, stopping them get to prevention better than cure. Um, and leadership, turning people into leaders, man, because we are um, a, world of, a world of, you know, fear, um, stepping into fear, and how do we do that and how do we manage that? So we turn anxiousness into excitement and, and cross that line into um, whatever we're passionate about, action, actioning what's up here and making that action create the reactions you want within your life. To bring an emotion um, that you want to live in or emotions that you want to live in more often than not. So um, that's my journey. That's um, definitely a huge part of it. There'll be uh, We've got a book next year. We've got some other stuff in play. I won't go too deep into it. But, um, yeah, that's, to me, as I said, I... I if my end goal is to change and save lives, that's our mission statement, to change and save lives. The, the art of finding happiness everywhere. Mm. Um, man, if that helps me live a great life with my partner, my dog, my kids, my grandkids, beautiful. Um, on the back end of it means someone's kid gets to come home tomorrow night, that thought that they weren't going to. Someone's husband, wife's going to stay there, you know, um, and, and take better actions around their relationships. Um, people are going to succeed in their businesses because they're action takers, leaders in this world. Um, they're all actions around our business that we want to see and, uh, you know, really cut the bullshit we are about cutting the bullshit out of your life. Um, whether you're a soldier, corporate athlete, 
kid, community, health service, we are out there um, presenting um, every bit of those lessons of me throughout that journey of life. And everyone I've come across, I've grasped their knowledge and I've dropped that into the program to create a real deep perspective on how to get the most out of your life. And um, as I said, our journey will be seeing the sun more often than not, mate. And what would be one thing that you'd say to someone that are on the edge of that seat where, you know, they're, they're on the road to maybe ending it all or end yeah. feeling like they're lost? What's something that you'd say to them right now? I'd say that you're, um, you're not disrupting anybody by reaching out. You're not taking up their time. You're not messing it up. Um, and I'll put it out there. You can ring me at 3 in the morning, man. My, my number's on my website, and it's there intentionally. We've been told, don't put it there. I'll put it there. The amount of times I've got out of bed at 3 in the morning to have a two-hour conversation with someone. If you're in Sydney, I'll, I'll go and meet these people. Um, I just know that one action has saved so many lives. So um, whatever you do, you're not alone. And, no, you're not consuming our time. You're not, oh, shit, they're at work. Oh, I'm going to mess up their work. Oh, he's at his you know, dinner with his missus or whatever it may be. If you're at that point where you're going to, yeah, you feel like it's not worth staying on this planet, then reach out and have a conversation because that's the space we need to be in together as humans. Um, I spoke about it all through this podcast, and that's what I live by. Uh, you know, reach out, have that conversation. You're not alone. Uh, and when I say not alone, people, people, we always hear that, but it's more about they always think from the studies that have been done that, oh, I don't want to disrupt my family. I don't want to disrupt my friends. You're not disrupting any. Just come into the conversation, seek to understand the other vigil on the other side, um, but just reach out. I'll, I've got you. and can guarantee every single person would rather get your phone call at three in the morning than hear the next morning that you're not here on this planet anymore. Let me see that. And where can people find you on social media if they want to reach out, learn, or join one of your courses? Yeah, you can probably the easiest one will be Instagram, jump across the Jeffrey Morgan, J E W F R E Y. Um, and then you've got the link tree there, all of our services, um, what we actually do. Um, have a conversation by all means and um, mate, yeah, I'm there to help anybody live their best life and their best life, trust me when I tell you we could find out within five minutes whether we've done it with corporate soldiers, athletes, within five minutes most people realise that they're just existing and going through this hamster wheel, um, Groundhog Day if you want to call it that, do yourself a favour, come into that conversation and um, yeah you'll see a different way to life that you never thought possible. Um, you can also reach out via the website, jeffreymorgan.com.au, J-E-W-F-R-E-Y-M-O-R-G-A-N, um, and by all means, hit up a contact form and we'll get out. The programs that we're running, anything that's launching is always on the site, usually on the front of the site. Um, and even if it's just a conversation, as we spoke about before, and you, know, you just want that first step towards that journey, you don't want your family to be involved in feeling bad. We're there for yourself. Have a, have a quick conversation, um, and we'll help you on your journey towards you know, the best version of yourself. Happy. Well, I'd just like to say thank you so much for your time. It's been huge. Like, There's been so much information in this podcast that, 
I personally feel like so, so many people get so much value from. And also like just listening to your own story will like inspire everyone listening in as well. So I just want to say thanks so much for your time. Um, and I'm stoked to see you continue to thrive. Mate, champion, uh, if anyone from, you know, that sees this uh, podcast from my side, by all means, reach out, have a look at what Chris does, um, doing great things as well. I'll be getting involved in that myself. And, you know, as I said, it's about all of us um, providing some value to people. He, he provides great value. Have a look at his services and what he actually does. Um, uh, thanks for your time, mate, energy and effort in this space. And I appreciate you, champion. Look forward to catching up and meeting you in person. Thanks so much for listening in, guys. I really hope you enjoyed that episode and got some value out of it. If you did get some value out of that episode and you really did enjoy it, then share it with a friend or family member. Share us on social media, leave us a review, and help us make a bigger impact in the world today. The more we can inspire people to better themselves and level up their life through self-development, whether it be one little tip here or there, makes all the difference. And you might even save a life. Again, thanks so much for listening in and we'll see you next time.